How many games? Six. We're gonna be we're gonna win the six. Welcome back to the Bucks and Six podcast. I'm your host, Michael Correo, also known as Bucks House on Instagram, the number one source for all things Milwaukee Bucks. I was originally going to talk about Eurobasket starting a few days ago, and I was preparing for that. And then Donovan Mitchell finally got traded, so I shifted my focus to that topic. I've been caught up with school starting and other things, so I wasn't able to get a podcast out until now. But for those of you who haven't heard, the Cleveland Cavaliers are acquiring Donovan Mitchell in a trade with the Utah Jazz in exchange for Colin Sexton, Laurie Markkinen, Ochai Abaji, three unprotected first-round picks, and two future pick swaps. If you add the haul the Jazz got from trading Rudy Gobert, they got Malik Beasley, Leandro Balmaro, Jared Vanderbilt, Walker Kessler, four first-round picks, another pick swap, and they also got Patrick Beverly, who they flipped to L.A. for Talon Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. So a very busy offseason for Danny Ainge, Justin Zanuck, and the Jazz. And first of all, let me say, they did a great job of maximizing their value and accepting their rebuild phase. I know some teams stick it out too long. The Jazz had some great runs with Mitchell and Gobert, but it just didn't work out, so it was time to move on. They waited the perfect amount of time, in my opinion, to where they were still able to compete for a while. I think if you ask any NBA fan, they'll acknowledge the Utah Jazz as one of the best regular season teams over the past five years, but they were still able to capitalize on their players' value. They realized they weren't going to move far in the playoffs, so they got a ton of assets for their future, and now they look to rebuild that team. As far as Cleveland goes, this was a move to get them to a top six spot in the Eastern Conference, and they're going to compete, and they're going to compete for years to come. They're a super young team. They've now got three All-Stars in Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, and Jared Allen. Of course, Evan Mobley was one of the best rookies last season. I know they gave up a lot to get Mitchell, but I think this was a solid move for them, and they're going to compete for a while now. So this affects the Bucks in a few ways, and today I'm really just going to talk about one of them, and that's that the Jazz still have more moves to make. They have to clear up a few roster spots for the trade. They still have guys like Mike Conley, Boyan Bogdanovich, and Jordan Clarkson, who I think are sure to be moved before the season starts, and I think we could be potential suitors. Conley and Bogdanovich have bigger contracts, so it would be harder to acquire them, and I don't know about the fit with them, but I've seen Bucks fans campaigning for us to go after Jordan Clarkson. He'll make $13 million this year and then $14 million next year, so a reasonable acquisition as far as matching salaries go. I saw Bleacher Report throw around the idea of Jordan Wara in a signing trade, George Hill in a second round pick. I think on paper that looks like a great trade for us, but I don't know if you guys follow Nihilist Bucks on Twitter, but he noted that the Jazz would have to pay Wara $13 million annually for the league's sign-in trade rules and base value rules and stuff with the cap. There's reasons why it has to be that much. So I don't think the Jazz want to pay Wara three years, $39 million, even though they are a tanking team. Another proposal I've seen for Clarkson going around is George Hill, Grayson Allen, and maybe a pick. We then could give Carter more minutes as the backup point guard, and there's also a small rumor floating around that we're interested in signing Dennis Schroeder after Eurobasket is over. So let's say we do bring in Schroeder. Of course, getting rid of Hill makes sense because then we wouldn't have to have three backup point guards. Where I get tripped up a little bit is in the Grayson Allen departure. Right now, I've been really back and forth on this deal, so let me explain. In one sense, Grayson starts the year off great, right? He's the starting two guard. He puts up 15 or 16 points per game in the first month of the season. 43% from three on eight attempts per game. It was great. But as the season went on, he started to have a little decline. He became less and less involved in the offense to the point where he even started coming off the bench for Wesley Matthews late in the season. Now, of course, you're not expecting him to average 15 points per game out of nowhere, right? But the decline was there. When we brought in Wesley Matthews in the beginning of December, he took a lot less shots. I think he averaged 9 or 10 points per game compared to that 16. And then, of course, he had his issues versus Boston, as most Bucks role players did. 
but a lot of people are questioning his future here in Milwaukee. And where I question it is his role going forward. Because as guys got healthy and as his minutes started taking a little bit of a hit, it seemed like he didn't know his role on the team. And that in general is a big problem that does come with injuries because every night you might be asked to do a new thing and there's a lot of lineup changes and whatever. But with Jordan Clarkson, he knows his role no matter what. It's to come off the bench and score. That's all he's asked to do. He's going to take a lot of shots, whether he's on or off, whether he makes three shots or ten shots, he's going to shoot the ball and try to score. So that's where I'm pro Jordan Clarkson. Start Drew, Wes, Chris, Giannis, and Brooke like you did at the end of the season, and then have Jordan Clarkson come off the bench just to shoot. But where I become anti-Jordan Clarkson, and where I think about this on the opposite side of things, other than his occasional abysmal shooting nights, is the defense. And what I've seen a lot of people say is, well, we can just hide him. But the same people who say that are the same people who get mad at George Hill and Grayson Allen for their defense on guys like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and DeMar DeRozan. Replace Grayson Allen with Jordan Clarkson, for instance. The same type of stuff, if not worse, would happen. And I think a lot of people just assume that it's easy to hide someone. And if that were true, and if Hill and Allen are really that bad at defense, then why didn't we just hide them? Like, what makes Clarkson so different from these guys to where we can hide him on defense, but we can't hide Hill and Allen, and they're just going to get torched by these Jason Tatums or Jalen Browns? Of course, Clarkson has the potential to score more than those two, which is why a lot of people want him, and I understand that. He's an attractive option off the bench. I just want to give you guys another way of looking at it, you know? And I'm not a huge Grayson Allen fan by any stretch, but I do think the criticism has gone a little bit too far. He averaged a career-high 11 points per game in the season, a career-high in both shots taken and in shots made. Of course, a lot of people's percentages go up when they're playing with Giannis, but it was no different for Grayson Allen, a career-high from the field and a career-high from three. And then you think back to that Chicago series where they head into game three, tied 1-1, and over the next three games, he averages 21 points, four rebounds, and it's 14 for 20 from three to send them into the second round. And I understand he did have his struggles against Boston, offensively and defensively, but I feel like it surprised a lot of people if you told him that he hit 41% of his six three-point attempts per game this season. Like, a lot of people just think he's trash, when in my eyes, statistically, he had the best season of his career. His role changed a lot throughout the season with injuries and new additions, and it was his first time playing past the first round. So I'm not saying that he's this great player and we definitely should keep him, but I think the hate has gone a little too far. So like I said, I'm really back and forth on the idea of a Jordan Clarkson for Grayson Allen trade, basically. But I know Horst has made a lot of great moves, a lot of unexpected moves in his time as GM. So we'll see what he does in the next month and a half to further improve his roster. That will do it for tonight's podcast. Let me know what you guys think. Should we make a move for Clarkson? Should we be concerned about Cleveland? And I'll see you in the next episode.